Is it just me or does Oscar Isaac in this movie remind you when he has his helmet on, does he look like a uh, speed racer? <laughs> The cartoon. Have you ever seen Speed Racer, the cartoon? Why does that crack you up so much? <laughs> I was just laughing at Rodney laughing at yes. Speed Racer, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> this is Down the Hall Podcast with your hosts, Chet Bear. It's Black Hawk Down with aliens. What's the problem? Rodney Hart. Oh, definitely would have been Team Jake. Not the vampire. You don't root for a vampire. And if you're lucky... Lyndon Wells. I thought Chet was going to launch into his terrible British accent again. Beer garden. Beer garden was pretty spot <laughs> that was on. pretty good. No, he definitely got that. All right. Welcome back to... <laughs> I knew you guys were going to laugh when I did that. <laughs> you did like a long... Oh! The music, you know I know what I did. I was there. The The music got me pumped up, I think. The did song. It? The song really just got to me. The and time. the new intro? I think it's Christmas Day. I think if there's any time to be excited, it's now. Like, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever it is you celebrate. Like, I'm happy to be here. Like, I don't want these two jamokes to cramp my style. Don't let them cramp yours. Wait, why would you choose to be with us doing this on a on Christmas if you didn't want us to cramp your style? It feels like you, you made a bad choice. I think what that's is ex- the word jamoke. <laughs> Jamoke. Uh, wait, Lyndon, are you still in the Midwest? Like, how how is your uh, cross country America road trip going? I found my way out the corn, and yeah. here I am. You know, there are movies called Children of the Corn. So, if you see any children oh. in the corn, do not trust them. They Run. are horror movies, uh, and they will kill you. So my name's Chet. I'm here with uh, Rodney and Lyndon from Across the Pond, the newest addition to Down the Hall podcast. Every week, we bring you a movie night pick of the week because, Rodney, every single year, people waste an average of 115 hours just looking for a movie to watch. I uh, I recognize that, and uh, I also recognize that this show is dedicated to uh, letting people claim that time back. So if I were giving you that time back to your day, Mr. Chest or Joe Bear, what would you do with it? I, uh, I'm struggling with how you said my name, but I Chest will answer hair, your Joe question. Bear. Chest hair Joe Bear. That's going to be a new one. Uh, gentlemen, I, I don't like how this has began, but uh, I will answer your question. What I would do with an extra 115 hours, uh, as I ignore what you both just said, is I, I want to watch a movie called The Christmas Prince. Have you have you heard about this? Rodney? I have heard about this. I have. So last week, or maybe the week before, Netflix tweeted out this sentence. It said... To the 53 people who've watched A Christmas Prince every day for the past 18 days, who hurt you? A Christmas Prince is like, from what I understand, is like a campy, like super cheesy romance, like Hallmark Channel type Christmas movie Mm -hmm. that has no business being seen. But once Netflix tweeted that out, it became like the fastest like trending movie on Netflix. And now I absolutely have to watch it. Yes. And uh, I also think we blew past the idea that now that's how you manage a corporate social media account. <laughs> yeah. You just, you be punchy. Cause like, or else you're pointless. Like if you're not going to utilize the information that you have to make good jokes, then why exist? Great job, Netflix. Imagine being the, the director of that movie and just thinking like, mm, like, all right, like it's on Netflix, I guess, like it's not really going to be seen. And then suddenly it becomes this like incredibly trending yeah. movie. Yeah. Like that is like, oh, the I thought you were going to say, would you be mad that social media kind of trashed oh, your movie? Oh my gosh. In the no, 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 no. Because all of a sudden everyone, I bet you a sequel comes out now. Like, I, like, I feel like when Sharknado came out, 
like it was not ready to be the phenomenon it became, mm. right? Like there was no, no one was ready for four Sharknado movies, but it became this like social media giant. And then they made two, three and four movies after that. Right. I feel like Christmas Prince is on, is on that track. I, I guess so. I mean, imagine if they do have like sharks spinning around in tornadoes for the next Christmas Prince. Is that what you're saying? I'm not sure that this one doesn't. I haven't seen it yet. So that's my answer. 115 hours. I would take, at least two of those two of those hours back and, and watch a Christmas prank. If that movie is a solid two hours, then I would say that's a poor use of time. <laughs> well, speaking of poor use of time, we uh, we definitely understand that people waste that time every year looking for a movie to watch, and so we exist to bring movie night back to you. And so tonight we do have a movie night pick of the week. We have a movie to avoid as well, and we're going to dive headfirst into the very divisive topic as of late, which is Star Wars The Last Jedi. There are two hosts on this show, not named Rodney, who have very opposing views of that movie, and we're going to get into that towards the end of this episode. And one of them is correct. I would agree. One of them is correct. (laughs) I I think mine is correct. I think we do have three distinct opinions, but we'll get into that later. I don't know how to get a podcast, but you should look into it. Yes, of course, it's down the hall. Because I'm psyched. And here we go. So the movie night pick of the week is The Holiday. And as we said last week, we kind of steered right into the holiday festive feels and we, we kind of took a step outside of our normal approach and trying to find kind of like, you know, hidden gems on Netflix. And we just said like, you know, for these next two weeks, we're going to go right into that, that holiday feel. And so this movie, uh, is called The Holiday. It came out in 2006. It is rated PG 13. It's just a tad over two hours long. Uh, it's a comedy romance. It's a rom-com. So one of Rodney's favorites. Oh, love this category. Favorite genre. It is available on Amazon. If you have Amazon Prime membership, it is free to you. Uh, it stars Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, and Jack Black. And it is directed by Nancy Myers, who most recently uh, did The Intern. Mm-hmm. Which I loved. Yeah. And I had no idea that this was that director. Oh yeah. She also has a lot of, like, she has a lot of similar books, like famous books in this, in this genre. So Rodney, do why don't you tell us uh, what this movie's about and why it is a movie night pick specifically when it comes to the holiday season? Sure. So this is a, uh, as you had mentioned, a rom-com based in the holiday season. It's the story of Kate Winslet and, um, Cameron Diaz, who are both kind of down on their luck love wise and, in the, as the Christmas season approaches, they both basically need to shake it up. Uh, so they go, uh, Cameron Diaz particularly goes looking for a place to just, you know, spend her, uh, Christmas vacation. She's a wealthy, successful businesswoman and, um, finds this like, you know, quaint cottage in England and decides, oh, that's a perfect place for me to get away. And in the process, Kate Winslet, who is renting her house, uh, needs a place to go. So they basically do a life swap. Uh, so Kate Winslet comes to Cameron Diaz's house in Los Angeles. Um, and from there, basically they go from being loveless to exploring their love options in their new locations. When I mentioned this to Rodney, I described it as the perfect Rodney film. The film's like, it's like a warm hug, the film. And it's perfect for this time of year. Mm-hmm. It's a very holiday film. Yes. Hence the title. And uh, it's perfect for couples sitting down with a nice, in front of the roaring fire with a bit of nice nice wine and just sit and enjoy the film. Yes, it's a bit far-fetched and where they live, like the English characters look like they live in Narnia. It looks very idyllic. Um, <laughs> uh, and yes, yes, the script might 
might be a bit far-fetched, but the characters are charming. It's lovely to see how they interact and meet each other. Jack Black is really funny in it and has a couple of great scenes. And it is, it's just a nice film. It's, um, it's not going to change your world, but it's a perfect film for this time of year. Lyndon, are you saying that that's not what all English homes look like? Because I was hoping to do a, like a life swap with you at some point. <laughs> yeah, I was under the impression that all English homes looked like Mr. Oh, yeah, Thomas's and, hut from, from yeah, London. Yeah, and apparently she's 40 minutes outside of London. I have no idea what train she's getting, but that is amazing. So. I, I, I definitely agree this is a movie night pick. I think especially in the holiday season, I don't think it's one that we would say is a movie night pick in March, but definitely around the holidays, this one you know, hits exactly where you want it to hit when it comes to what you're what you're thinking and feeling for a Christmas movie or a holiday movie. So, gentlemen, what did you give it on a scale from one to ten, starting with Lyndon? It's it's a solid seven. Uh, I'm gonna hit the the same thing. Solid seven, uh, close to eight, but solid seven. I'd say it's not close to eight for me, but it's a nice seven. Yeah, it just it just breaches the seven for me. I feel like if yeah. Jack Black wasn't there, it would be a solid seven. But I feel like it, his presence makes me think mm, just barely a seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a it's a you know good recommendable movie. Um, and particularly, I like the um, I like the romantic comedy. So um, generally, everyone, we are pretty much in line with what everyone else thinks, which is uh, on IMDb right now. It's a six point nine. Um, but, you know, obviously I think what we like to do from there is transition into what professional opinion thinks about this movie. Hate, 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 double hate, loathe entirely. I like you a lot. All right. So, um, professional opinion, not as high. Now it doesn't surprise me, but what we're looking at for Rotten Tomatoes score is a 47%. So less than half of all professional reviewers would say that this is a below average movie now i will say this though i think well first of all this is i mean by far the lowest rated rotten tomatoes score we've we've had for a movie recommendation and part of our criteria is finding movies that not only did we enjoy but that both imdb and rotten tomato rated highly Mm -hmm. Uh, so this is a movie that is by far the lowest score however We've intentionally said for the last two weeks that we would be a little lax on our criteria because there is something different about holiday movies. They're not, they don't need to be the highest rated movies mm-hmm. of all time. They just need to make you feel a certain way at this time of year. Yeah, completely agree. And before I turn it over to Lyndon for the best and worst reviews, I guess the one other thing I would throw out there is I do think that it's different because. You know, the same reason that you can sit down and really enjoy the Santa Claus for the hundredth time in a row is that there's something emotionally different, I feel like, when you're watching a movie for a season. And I think that doesn't change the obligation if you're a professional reviewer to watch a movie and say, is this good or is it not good? But I think as a viewer, you can have a lower expectation and still feel, um, you know, more affectionate for a movie. But it's. Yeah. It's the association with the time of year as well. My wife's a big fan of this film. Yeah. And she associates it with watching it every Christmas and it's part of her Christmas routine. Yeah, completely agree. So, um, Lyndon, what do we have for our best and our worst reviews? Why don't we start with worst so that way we can end on a positive note? So let's start with worst. And uh, where do you think we'll be going? To our friends at I Slant. only know one. Po- don't Slant. you dare. Oh my goodness! It, we're gonna turn it over, and Lyndon still doesn't get the memo. What are you Slant both? You guys are both hooked magazine. up on this. Uh, both hung up, hooked up. Both hung up on the same, like the same old fling. 
I'm just stoking. We I'm stoking that fire. We're yeah. two episodes into year two of Down the Hall, and we're already approaching Slant Magazine as the worst review. Oh my goodness! All right, what did they say? What did they spew? Well, let's let's try and uh, decipher this grammar. Uh, so I've just picked out one lovely sentence, which says, "Suffice suffice it to say, though." That the cookie heartwarming cutesiness peddled by this love fest is, despite the film's numerous references to and accompanying desire to tre- tread in the path of classic screwball Hollywood romances, of a distinctly modern vintage. Um, did you guys ever, uh, when you were little kids, did you ever get alphabet soup? <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever get alphabet soup and try to just like create words out of the letters that mm. appeared in your bowl? Yeah. Um, it's not that I'm bad at reading. This I, I was gonna say this review is literally. Or have you ever had like uh, have you ever been to somebody's house where they have word like magnets that are words that mm-hmm. you can like create sentences? Yeah. And when you just look, if no one has like kind of moved them to make a sentence, just a like a smattering of like a spattering of words, just kind of all over the, the refrigerator. Yeah. This to me, this review genuinely does not feel like an English sentence. Well, this review seems to me like someone who is drunk out of their mind and is in their their last day at slant magazine and just threw something up on the screen i Uh, it's the season yeah i feel like this is a review of someone who gets paid by like the sentence fragment or like conjugation or something like the more complex you can make a sentence the high the more we pay you whether it makes sense or not different issue this one doesn't even bother me that much because i have to believe that this is someone who's trying to sabotage slant magazine from the inside (laughs) <laughs> and so if you were to try and decipher it, I, I actually lost you somewhere m- middle of the way there. But basically, they think it's too cute to be good. What was is that? It's what I trying heard? to be they're saying that it's trying to be a modern vintage whilst also referring back to much greater classy work, classic Hollywood films. Uh, OK, sucks. All right. What's the best review? <laughs> uh, and still no contact from them. No, nothing there. No, I haven't screamed at their no. gates from down in Brooklyn yet, so that will be the next step. <laughs> so let's 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 bring it up to a high, and I think the the best reviews from USA Today, which I think kind of agrees with where we're all at, it, and it's uh, if you're willing to embrace a bit of corniness for the sake of some incisive humor, a few poignant moments, and enjoyable scenarios, make time for the holiday. That's perfect. Yeah, that is perfect. You That's know? exactly and, what we're talking about. Yeah, and good grammar. Yeah, every once in a while, it's like, oh, good. Like at least you get it. <laughs> yeah. And one final thing I'll say is uh, the greatest thing I learned about this movie, Chet, was that uh, as Lyndon watched it with his uh, with his wife, he asked, "Yep, honey, could I sleep with uh, Cameron Diaz?" No, 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 guys, it gets better. If you died, could I sleep with Cameron Diaz? That was the, that was the question. That's, that's relevant to the film. It's too. It's relevant to the film. It's two questions. I think you don't ask your wife, and you combine them at once. I presented uh, kind of a middle ground. I said that the wish should be granted, but it has to be Cameron Diaz voicing Ogre Fiona from the Shrek movies. <laughs> oh, he's got to sleep with Ogre yes. Fiona. Ogre Fiona. Would you do that, Lyndon? Ogre well, Fiona. in the end, I think the middle ground was Kate Winslet, so I was happy with that. Yeah, that's better than Ogre Fiona. Yeah. <laughs> but slightly worse than the Titanic version of Kate Winslet. All right, I'm going to stop talking. Uh, now, gentlemen, I think it's. I think what we're going to do here is address the fact that you know it's. You know, we we recently did um, our year in review episode, and and I think the thing that I was maybe the most proud of is that we never missed a week 
of Down the Hall podcast, not once. Mm. And so this week and last week, it's usually a little bit of a down week for podcasts because it's the holiday season. People are out and about, kind of like rushing around, going to see family. You know, you have all these different things going on. And this episode is coming out on Christmas Day. So for us, we have our own schedules going on too, but we really genuinely want to get this episode out. And we thought we'd take a little bit of a different approach tonight. Two different things we're about to do. Uh, we do have a movie to avoid, but what comes with it is a list of movies that could potentially be avoided or seen, and Rodney's going to be the judge. So let's get into that. R- Lyndon will explain our movie to avoid this week. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. So there was a Netflix special made last year, which uh, they're still peddling, called A Very Murray Christmas. I like peddling. Peddling. <laughs> makes me think of drugs. They're still peddling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're still peddling that. And uh, it's yeah, it's called A Very Murray Christmas, and it's our one to avoid. It's an hour-long holiday special, and it's billed as a homage to like variety shows. There's lots of celebrities. Chris Rock appears, Amy Poehler, George Clooney, Miley Cyrus. Uh but Bill Murray's good, but it all goes a bit weird, ends in a bit of a bizarre, glitzy dream sequence with Clooney and uh, Miley Cyrus singing. And it just kind of happens. You uh, lost so, me yeah. at Amy Poehler, so I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> no, not an Amy Poehler fan? No, not at all. And this this actually came from a list of movies that we I Googled, like, best Christmas movies on Netflix right now. And this is what we... Uh, this is the value that Down the Hall Podcast brings is we're watching these movies and, and kind of vetting through. And this list had like 30-something different Christmas movies on Netflix. Or at least one of us watches the movie right. to, to, to tell you to not watch it. <laughs> so one thing we thought would be funny is as we were looking at this list, we realized I think the actual text from Lyndon was, wow, this was a list created for Rodney. Because Rodney uh, – it really is, uh, really loves those rom coms, those kind of sappy Christmas movies. I mean, I do too, but nowhere near as much as Rado. I think I should say I like just sappy movies. Period. Now, the fact that they're all Christmas based, like I'll probably hit a Christmas limit, but there's no limit to just general sappy movies. So we thought we would test your limit to general sappy movies, mm-hmm. and uh, and Lyndon is going to do us a favor by reading through some of the list and giving a brief description of each, and you have to just simply give us a thumbs up, thumbs down. On whether or not you would go out of your way to watch these or or avoid them. Yeah, that sounds good. I uh, I'm gonna pull up the list, Lyndon, too, as you read them, just that way yep. I can. Uh, some some of these I would do judge uh, judge based on the cover. Keep in mind, <laughs> this is what our listeners are seeing as well, because this is the third you know third thing that came up when I when I googled best Christmas movies on Netflix. So this is actually a value. We're gonna see what Rodney would go out of his way to watch this holiday season. So Lyndon, why don't you steer us right into that? Right, I'm going to give you a title and then a cheeky tagline. Okay, so first one, 12 Dates of Christmas. Reliving a bad day on Christmas Eve 12 times in a row. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. Love the concept. Groundhog Day, Christmas, dates. Okay, to be fair, I've sold it very well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you can take credit for it. (laughs) (laughs) No, next one, A Christmas Kiss. Kissing your boss's fiancé is not generally advised, but can make for a sweet holiday rom-com. Ooh. Uh, yeah, interesting. Thumbs up. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Look at the picture. It's awful. Yeah. Kissing your boss's fiance. Like, I'm trying to figure out how they're going to spin that to positive. Like, how is the protagonist going to be at the end okay with having done that? You got Rodney's interest. 
Okay, next one. A Christmas star. When a developer threatens this quaint village, a young girl named Noelle steps in to create a miracle. Nah. I don't like I I don't too I'm much not a, too much substance. I'm not a good I'm not good with children <laughs> uh, pro, like children protagonists. I don't I usually don't buy it. Okay, next one. This is great. A dog walker's Christmas tale. Puppies and Christmas. Too specific. No, pass. <laughs> and also he, he needs more mystery also, with his Christmas movies. Also, no, I don't like animals being forced into movies a lot of the time cuz then like whether they're personifying them or not, eh, thumbs down. You're right. Lion King was terrible. <laughs> Fully animated, right. different than trying to shove in actual dogs with actual humans. Never works. All right, here, next one. All I want for Christmas. A widowed mum is thrust into the spotlight and the dating world when her 10-year-old son makes a video that goes viral. You say a widow's mom or a... A oh, widowed mum. Oh, okay, I was thinking like, oh, so is this the grandma? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go... Uh, no, I'm not interested. I'm yeah. also looking at the cover of it. They're both wearing like, cable a little bit more sweaters. I'm going to give it a thumbs down. I wouldn't do this one. Uh, next one. An evergreen Christmas. The prodigal daughter returns home and must choose between her music career and saving her family's Christmas tree farm. I just want to know what circumstances would, would demand that she has to choose between her music career and the Christmas tree farm. So I'm in. Uh, no, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going thumbs down on this one, too. It feels too yeah. earthy. It feels too granola. <laughs> yeah, you, you've lost some respect there, chat. I'm in. Uh, angels in the snow. If you think your family is dysfunctional at holidays, watch the Montgomerys as they attempt to reconcile all of their issues while trapped by a blizzard. A uh, crazy family trapped by a blizzard in one house. Uh, give me a thumbs up. There is going to be some good laughs in there. <laughs> oh, the, some of these titles are amazing. This one, I think the uh, the title gives it away. Christmas wedding baby. <laughs> It's just that's not even a sentence or title, just words. Yeah. Ooh, how can we sell this? Oh, Christmas. Yeah. Good thinking. Yeah. yeah. What, what Christmas, else do people like? Wedding uh, and babies. There's what? a wedding. There's a baby. Why don't we just? That's all. What are your three favorite words? Uh, Christmas, wedding, mm, baby. <laughs> yeah. What's it? What's the description for this one? Uh, hiring your ex-boyfriend to be a wedding photographer is generally a bad idea. But it makes for a good Christmas rom-com. I like that concept. Let's. I'm giving it a thumbs up. Oh. So almost all of these are thumbs up. I said thumbs up to uh, to the Christmas tree farmer, and you guys spat at me. <laughs> I, I I don't quite understand how this goes. I'm going to give you this one just because I like the uh, the description. The title is "Get Santa." The Brits know how to make a good holiday flick. Boo. <laughs> 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 uh, snarky, dry, hu- humid movie about a father and son who finds Santa on the run from the police. Probably, it's got probably. Jim Broadbent's not. playing Santa, so Jim Broadman? No, Broadbent. Broadband. Broadband. Yeah, yeah, Jim Broadbent. Yeah. Like the internet, broadband internet. Um, no, like Broadbent. Yeah, <laughs> well, Broadbent. Um, no, um, you know what? Fine, fine. I'll do it. I've watched this one. It's actually bearable. Is it? Oh, because yeah. you dislike it because it says the Brits know how to make it. <laughs> yeah. It's just complimenting your people. What about this one's getting uh, well, peddled quite a lot on Netflix? Happy Christmas. Uh, Lena Dunham and Anna Kendrick in a Christmas movie. Mm, no, thanks. I um... I don't understand. I don't understand what, what your vetting process is. <laughs> This is the first movie with people that we actually recognize, and you're saying no. I don't. I, don't I think I might understand. have seen. I think I might have seen this one, and I was not a fan. Which means that the answer is yes, because you watched it. Yeah, but now that I now that retro, like hindsight is twenty twenty. No thumbs down. I wish I did. <laughs> okay. All right. 
Last one. How Sarah got her wings. When Sarah finds herself on the waiting list for heaven, she gets 12 days on Earth right before Christmas as an angel in training to help secure, secure her spot in the afterlife. Oh, I'm interested. I'm interested. There's drama, there's intrigue. Works. I know, but this also feels educational. Like you then know this is, I mean, they're giving you a view into the afterlife. How can you, how can you pass that up? Don't you want to know the instructions? A lot of oh, theological uh, problems I have with this. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. I said that was the last one, but I found a better one to end on. Uh, this one's called Merry Kissmas. Oh. One kiss in an elevator on Christmas can change everything. Lyndon, I'm praying for that to be true. I don't think Let's that's wrong. Let's give that wrong. a thumbs up. <laughs> I don't think that that's wrong. I think that's probably true. Yeah, especially if you kiss somebody who didn't want you to be kissed. That could change the whole trajectory of your life. <laughs> 2017 doesn't feel like the year of the, the elevator kiss. I yeah, feel like we just, should probably not. not especially not the unwanted one. <laughs> yeah. We've got a Harry Wine sign on our hands here. Maybe it's cold outside. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Great list. Thank you, Glamour yeah. Magazine. All right, all right. So, uh, time for Star Wars talk, moderated by me, of the all Star people. Star Wars genius, Rodney Hart. <laughs> the Star Wars, the reason I'm the perfect moderator is you want an impartial moderator. He knows it so well, he only needed to see episode one and no others. You want an impartial moderator, and you couldn't get more impartial than completely... Um, unopinionated so welcome into it's going to be a quick fire star wars last jedi spoiler section so if you have yet to see it like me uh except like unlike me you would be concerned about it being ruined for you uh then you're going to probably want to go away i'm going to be your host and moderator my name is rodney as you all are probably aware um i've seen only one star wars film and um, unlike the 19 Twilight films, I, I did not find it was up to par with those. Um, so my interest is min- minimal. Um, the spoilers that will be discussed here will likely go over my head or not land because, you know, by the time I get to these, I will likely have forgotten everything you guys say. Um, well, I, this is good for two reasons. One is because The Last Jedi has become very divisive. Uh, recently on Twitter, you can't, you can't escape the divisive conversation that's happening. And so much so that it's almost become a joke how divisive it, it is. And, and so Lyndon, the, the movie watcher loves them, loves it. And I, the Star Wars geek had some issues with it and you don't know what we're talking about. So this is perfect. <laughs> it is perfect. Uh, that's exactly the word I would use anytime I'm involved. Uh, it's usually perfect. So, um, again, Chet, you are the proclaimed and proven Star Wars geek, uh, as our last quiz showed in a really embarrassing way for you, if you ask me. Um, and then we also have, uh, Lord Linden, uh, a fan of the films. He loved this movie. So, as you had said, it's been it's become very divisive. Uh, I am here to solve the division or to encourage the division and hope that Star Wars burns up in a big blaze of glory. So um, <laughs> I'm going to ask, uh, just like I always do, keep your answers brief and short and to the point. Please do not go on. All right. So question number one, what is your favorite Star Wars film? Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. That's correct wow. answer. Uh, I was so excited to say it, I slammed into the microphone. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> As if I was going to take the microphone away. Cheap. It's Empire, it's Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> All right. I'm going to follow that up with an even more difficult question. What is your least favorite Star Wars film? Even easier. Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. All right. So now that we're past the easy ones, Lyndon, who are your, 
who, <laughs> who are Star Wars films made for? I think they're old-fashioned family blockbusters that should be suitable for all audiences, including a younger audience. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I think it's a, it's it, they're made for. They're definitely not made for like. They're not supposed to be super serious films. They're they're mostly fun. I th- I th- honestly think that if you were to really pick a target audience, it would be kids. Once again, moderator Rodney proven uh, to be the one intelligent person, the adult man who does not go to see kids' movies. Um, <laughs> so far, so far, there's been no division between Lyndon and I. We no. both oh, yeah. have the, and this is important. We both have the our favorite and least favorite Star Wars films. You know, we're on the same page with, and also we believe that they're targeted to the same types of people. So now, as we get into talking about the actual movie, The Last Jedi. I feel like the fact that we disagree so blatantly about it makes uh, makes for an interesting conversation. Contestant Chet, I'm going to have to ask you to leave the moderation to the moderator. So please, <laughs> unless given the opportunity, please do not speak, sir. Thank you. Uh, moderator, is that an official warning? That is an official warning. He does not understand how debates work. Noted. Noted. <laughs> now, now that he's done filibustering, I'm going to turn it over to Lord Linden. Yes or no, is The Last Jedi better than The Force Awakens? Uh, yes, because it takes risks. Chet, you may speak now. <laughs> so here, here's here's what I'll say. If you want, uh, if there's a, there's a small probably percentage of you who actually want an in, in depth conversation about Star Wars, um, I will definitely say look out for uh, an episode of Zeng This from the Zeng This podcast, right, coming out later this week, where I will join their show and we're gonna go full geek. We're gonna talk Star Wars and my issues with it because Zenger, the host of Zeng This, loved The Last Jedi. And I I really think we're gonna get in some geeky, deep discussion about it. But yeah. as far as the movie, I all right, Lyndon, I agree. Last Jedi I'll I'll take over Force Awakens. Uh now I'm gonna get into the next question. Did you laugh when, after the big ending of The Force Awakens, Luke just threw the lightsaber away? Yes, I did laugh, and I think it set the tone for the film. And like Chet said, Ryan Johnson's almost disregard for The Force Awakens. I thought, well, this is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think if you go with that at right at the beginning, I think it tells if you're going to go with the whole film. I mean, it absolutely set the tone because literally – so the difference between like Lost and Star Wars is that J.J. Abrams didn't answer his own questions. But in this case, Ryan Johnson just said the questions don't matter. And so that was literally like the moment when Luke threw the lightsaber behind him. It was saying like, mm, I, it, it's, it doesn't matter. Let's, let's just progress from here. Mm. And for it's me – It sets the tone for a bigger story. I would say it sets the tone for a story. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the idea of of someone of a new new uh, director just like looking at the old movie and just going like, eh, I'm gonna do my own thing. I kind of like that. There's something satisfying yeah. to me about like he just stuck his fingers directly into his uh, eyes. <laughs> What's interesting is Abrams is directing nine, so I wonder if he like circles back now and be like, uh, no, but it does matter. Uh, <laughs> and then he wait, where did he throw the lightsaber? Just over, just his over his shoulder. shoulder. Yeah, like that, then he goes and finds that same lightsaber and oh, then starts oh going the other he direction. He used it immediately. Like it was, oh gosh, it, it, you just you gotta you, you you're so off. Moderator it, takes the reins back. Contestant Chet, if you are insurgent one more time, I will kick you off of this moderation <laughs> poll. <laughs> insurgent. <All right. laughs> uh, I'm mutinous. Uh, all right, we're gonna get on to the next one. 
Uh, what would be your favorite quote from The Last Jedi? Lyndon, I've given you too many opportunities to speak first. Chet, I will give you the opportunity this time to speak first. Respect it. Um, when when uh, Oscar Isaac's character, Poe Dameron, says or quotes, uh, we are the spark that will light the fire that will burn the first, first order down. I thought that was not only a great quote, but really set the tone for what's leading into the third movie, which is this uprising of a new rebellion. So that's my favorite quote of the movie. That is a great quote, and it comes up more than once, doesn't it? Is, um, my favorite quote is uh, Luke Skywalker saying, just again, setting the tone for the film, he says, this is not going to go the way you expect, uh, which I think is true. Uh, no one expected just to ignore what Abraham's had laid down beforehand. And uh, when Kylo Ren, he says it a number of times, just says, let the past die. So it's kind of a looking to a new generation of Star Wars. Uh, so you're letting him use two quotes, huh? You know what? Hey, listen, contestant Chet, that's fair. Uh, Lyndon, you, you've been now warned. Not the official warning for being insurgent, but you have one light warning. Um, I'll accept my unofficial warning. You have no choice. You have no choice, <laughs> sir. Um, favorite scene from The Last Jedi? Um, I think this one's easy. I think it's the, the light speed bullet when i've got her name the what's her name yeah it's such a good movie all the characters are so memorable <laughs> oh dear um and laura dern i can't remember her name uh but i think she's quite a good character and when she goes i saw uh the film at imax and it has you know, the, she goes into light speed and basically makes it into a bullet to go into the star destroyer and it's the scene for about 10 seconds is silent and you could hear a pin drop in the cinema it was completely silent in the cinema as well and it looked amazing that scene was pretty incredible but are you going to tell me that they didn't have autopilot that she had to sit in that like th- anyway okay my favorite answer <laughs> uh, my favorite scene was the throne room scene as much okay. as i had an issue with snoke's character with ray's character uh, the throne room scene was an amazing scene. And I'll get into that maybe maybe more on this episode, but most likely more on the Zang This podcast. Uh, initially, I thought that scene was going to be about Snoke, and that was why I was so disappointed. But on my second, and as Rodney noted last week, third viewing, I realized that uh, that, that scene was actually about Kylo. And, uh, and that scene was incredible. Yeah, I agree. It was a great scene. It was Vice Admiral Ho- Hodor. No, Holdo. <laughs> Hodor. Hold the door. Hodor. That's, an, that's something else. <laughs> Different, uh, better thing, uh, entertainment that we could be talking about, but instead we proceed. Uh, did Leia's Mary Poppins impression annoy you, Chester? I got cold sweats during that. I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, I think for me, the, the, the like brilliance of the Leia character is that like her force abilities are subtle at most. Like you never ever see her like over the top using the force like Luke. And then suddenly, like suddenly she was literally flying through space. She got blasted out of a spaceship and survived by flying through space. I don't think if you have the force or not, that's going to happen. And I understand this is a story that has laser swords and then spaceships. And so they can take liberties because it's a fantasy, but what the heck was that about? Moderator would like to add that Chet starting to sound a little bit like, uh, the impeccable moderator Rodney, <laughs> as he talks about this, uh, Lord Linden, what 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 say you? <laughs> well, that, well, that's tough to follow. Also, that scene you did, they did get rid of Admiral Akbar without so much of a. He just went. It's like, see you later. Uh, but um, yeah, it was silly. 
uh, I wasn't quite ready for on-screen Carrie Fisher to die as yet. Uh, yet, so I was kind of happy she came back. Yeah, it was a bit silly, but when the other things happen with the Force later on, it kind of expands the Force. They didn't seem as silly. Uh, on to the next, which I don't believe is a one-word answer. Did what happened to Snoke annoy you, or as I like to call him, Snake or Smoke? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll give a very quick answer because I know Chet has a lot more to say. It took me by surprise. I enjoyed it. I, you didn't know the Emperor's backstory in the original tr- trilogy, and that still made him scary and threatening. And it makes Kylo an even more interesting character by what happens to Snoke. I agree. It makes Kylo more interesting. I think that the best thing The Last Jedi did was was what it's done for Kylo Ren's character. He is arguably the most interesting villain outside of Darth Vader that Star Wars has. Yep. But the Snoke thing did annoy me because I feel like in killing Snoke, it also took away a lot of the stakes. I think that when in episode nine, we're now hearing like, Oh, Ray's going to try to turn Kylo to the light and her motivations are so that the rebellion can win. Well, now it's not so much about like, it's just, it's just about winning a political kind of stance. Because the final scene does lose some weight because it is just Hux and Kylo and yeah. they're a bit of a mess. The, the genius of the six, the original six, was that the prequels, say what you want about them, they did show the rise of like the Emperor, who we knew, like as the viewers, we knew was this evil person who was rising in political power. And it made it terrifying because then when you get into the original trilogy – you have this this political figure who we know as being this like evil Sith Lord. And so it, the stakes were, were high. You, you needed the Empire to lose because you didn't want the, the galaxy to be run by this like evil person. Now, that's gone. It's just Kylo, who granted is an extremely intriguing character, but if he turns to the light side, it's kind of like, it's not, there's not really a lot at stake. It's just differences of political opinion. And at the end of the day, that doesn't intrigue me as much. And I think all of the intrigue died with Snoke. Moderator now realizing what it's like to listen to people ramble on about things he doesn't care about. I will turn this question over first to Chet. Were you disappointed with Ray's parentage? I'll keep it simple. Yes, I was. I was. Only because I I don't necessarily have a problem with her being uh, no one special. So what we find out is that her parents weren't anything special. Mm -hmm. What I do have a problem with is that The Force Awakens built it up so much that she was going to going to be special. And I will always believe that JJ Abrams intended for her to be special and that Ryan Johnson changed that because the force awakens when you watch it has so many like quick cuts after someone asks like who the girl is, or like there's, there's subtle inferences from Kylo and like different characters that like they know who she is or, or it just seems like everyone has a sense of who she is and we don't, and she doesn't. So that when, when the last Jedi comes around, like I'm not so concerned about the fact that they decided that she wasn't going to be special. It just didn't seem consistent with what they had built up in the first one. And I think that JJ Abrams probably didn't necessarily intend that. That's my thinking. So um, moderator, I'd, I'd like to point out he started by saying he'd keep it brief. He did. He did. I I, mean, I need a bell. <laughs> I, I need assure a, you that was that was that was brief. I need a bell to start just like ringing in, and this is I'm just going to do it at ten seconds. So I will be can fit in ten seconds. <laughs> I will be very brief. I agree with what Chet says with regards to Force Awakens, but I 
it was unexpected in the last Jedi, but it fit with the whole feel of the film, especially with the closing shot where the random boy picks up a broom using the force. It's opening up the galaxy beyond the Skywalker family and that not just one family constantly destroying the galaxy. Um, and it's opened that up and the possibilities of the force more, which fits with the tone of the film, I think. Moderator has let this go completely out of control. Um, I, for one, think you're doing a fantastic job. Thank you. Uh, I, I think you're middling, middling to average. Okay, I will keep that in consideration while I decide <laughs> the winner. Um, we've got two questions left, contestants. The first, did Luke's self-imposed exile annoy you? He spends the whole film on an, the island. Nope, doesn't annoy me at all. I think it's consistent with uh, with what we've seen in Star Wars before, and I thought it created a lot of intrigue around his story and his character. Uh, totally agree. Yoda ran away, self-imposed exile, so did Obi-Wan. It's what the Jedis of old have done, and I think this film sets up Rey as something else from a Jedi and Kylo something else that isn't Sith as well. Well done, contestants. Our <laughs> final question. Which is the most important moment of the film? I'm going to turn this over to Lord Linden. Note, you, uh, you have been warned for saying that I was doing a middling job. <laughs> I thought, well, I'm not sure you're listening carefully enough to pick a winner. <laughs> anyway, the most important moment of the film, I think, is the final shot of the film where the random boy who saw from the slightly boring casino planet sequence, suddenly that whole sequence makes sense a bit as he picks up, as they're playing like characters with Luke Skywalker, he has the, the rebellion ring and then he picks up the, um, the broom using the force and who is a force user and things like that. And it just opens up the whole galaxy. And I think they were trying to start a new star Wars almost in this film. Uh, I guess to me, the most important scene was, um, Snoke's death. Uh, I think it accomplishes both things. It accomplishes a new direction of Star Wars, but also changes the the narrative quite a bit from what people were expecting. So I thought that was the most important scene. Well, contestants, uh, I won't determine a winner here. I will just simply say that uh, I am not any more or less likely to watch Star Wars movies based on this. <laughs> uh, what I do find fascinating, what you have made me intrigued in, is the idea that J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson are fighting and are intentionally doing so through these movies. So that is intriguing to me. And it almost makes me wonder why isn't one person responsible for, for both for the movies? Do you guys like that? They're, they're choosing multiple people. This will be the final question. Quick answers. No, I, I think it should be one or the other. I, I think I would have a less issue, less of an issue with what Ryan Johnson's doing. If he had started everything, because it just feels like two stories that don't quite jive, like fitting a square peg into a round hole. It just doesn't quite work. I, I, yeah, I agree with chat. I wish they had had a plan from the beginning of this trilogy and stuck to it. I really enjoy what they've done with The Last Jedi. They just should have used Abrams probably is, is the answer. All right, gents. So we, we talked through a holiday movie. We gave a, a movie to avoid. And Star Wars has now become kind of synonymous with the holiday season because they have been releasing new movies around around Christmas. So Just to ruin the holiday season for some of us. Seemingly. It's like don't talk, <laughs> don't ever talk religion or politics at family gatherings. And now it's like religion, politics, and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Seems that way. So, uh, so, Lyndon, I still love you. Um, I just think you're entirely wrong. But you know what? That's okay. I felt you were wrong about the other side of the Revolutionary War, too. And, you know, so all that to say you know we're friends and i'll always feel that way and freedom yeah 
Well, I'm British, so I'll always feel superior and know that I am. (laughs) (laughs) You were first. All right. So uh, a little bit of a different episode from Down the Hall Podcast. But again, it is the Christmas week, and we know that you are running around as we were. And we just wanted to get an episode out there for you guys. We have an awesome movie for you to check out. That's the holiday. We discussed Star Wars. We gave you a movie to avoid. And we're really excited about the new year as we've gone now into year two of Down the Hall Podcast. That's Lyndon. Here with me is Rodney. I'm Chet. You can find us at downthehallpodcast.com or on Twitter at downthehallguys. <laughs>